You've played the missions, but do you really know the lore? We are here to be your guides. Your guardians. This is Guardians of Lore. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night, Guardians. Welcome to Guardians of Lore. This is episode 151, recorded July 31st, 2022. The topic for this episode is Lucent Tales Part 2. I am your host for this episode, and my name is Orkin. And I am Elemist. Hello. Yo. Yo. We're finally at the Mew episode. Oh, God. Are you still <laughs> counting things in Pokemon? There's 900 of them. Oh, my God. I can't do this every episode. Like, <laughs> No, it's not going to be every episode. Are we going to do this forever? Oh, my God. No, just momentous ones. What's, what's a momentous episode? I meant momentous number. What's a... Mo so what's don't, 152? Don't. Chikorita. Oh, my God. Do you know all of them? <laughs> I shouldn't have asked. I ask a stupid question, get a stupid answer. Like I know better than this. I'm going to go into podcast info before he just tells me all of them. We encourage feedback. It can be sent to us on Twitter at guardians underscore lore, or you can tweet at me at Hey, it's orchid, or you can tweet at Elemist at I underscore am underscore Elemist or at Pokemon. I'm sure you can tweet at him there too. You can send us an email at guardians underscore lore at outlook.com or you can leave us a review wherever you can find the podcast. Uh, let us know about it if you do, because I don't ever check those. Neat. Um, you can talk to us in our Discord. Uh, it's discord.gg slash lorehub. Talk to us there. Uh, we have a whole Pokemon channel. <laughs> so apparently this is a Pokemon podcast now. Well, like, I tried turning it to just, like, monster games, but, like, somebody turned it no. back. Oh, that was me. Because I'm... <laughs> that was me. And we'll get into it later. <laughs> but, like, I, I, I changed it one day, and then all of a sudden, it's back. And I'm like, what the hell happened? Because mm, I, I don't like change. <laughs> Except I don't that, do well with change. Except that you change yours all the time. I know, but I'm the one doing the change. So I'm deciding when to change it. See? So so, so I just need to make you change it for me then. Okay, got it. No, but I like the Pokemon channel. So it's okay. <laughs> if you'd like to support the podcast and Elemist's very expensive Pokemon habit, uh, you can visit ko-fi.com slash guardians underscore lore. Every little bit helps. We appreciate it greatly. Elmas, what's 153? Bayleaf. Oh, my God. <laughs> you can find our info on thelorenetwork.com alongside many impressive lore content creators. Don't know how long we're going to be there. I'm going to fucking delete us. <laughs> <laughs> we're not going to be there. <laughs> I am going to remove us. I am an admin. I have that power. <laughs> This week at Guardians of Lore, the Twoggle, it says 20 minutes max. Let's get it to 15. Uh, the raid was announced. It is August 26th, Friday. Oh, lol. 
And as everybody knows, it's, you know, the raid is called Redacted. It's the Redacted raid. Who knows what it is? We don't know. Um, They're going to announce it during their super special um, video, whatever. The showcase. What's it called? The showcase. (laughs) I knew it had a name. The video what's it's. The what'sy who's it's. Come on. (laughs) Let's get it right. I just said it. Um. But yeah, the the announcement of the date for the raid has kind of con- sparked some controversy. Um, oh, just some, just a little bit. Just just the normal Destiny community amount. Um, oh, so everyone just melted down completely. <laughs> yes, uh, because it's going to be on a Friday at ten a.m. Pacific. Do you know what? If you don't like it being on a Friday, move to Australia where it's on a Saturday. <laughs> My and, plan is fine. We're like, it's on a weekend. <laughs> Whatever. And and everybody who's who's throwing a fit is saying, well, you know, you guys can just work weekends for, you know, one or two weeks out of the year. That's not how it works. Right. Every time there's a, a bug that needs to that needs to be pushed out, like ASAP, um, they work weekends or whenever a servers go down. You've got people who who jump on it. Exactly. They're doing that outside of typical work hours. Like not to mention a lot of the community mem or the, a lot of the community managers have to announce stuff on Twitter over the weekends when stuff happens too, and they always have to you know field questions and always have to be available, and that's not healthy. Exactly. Having that work life balance is really important, and. Actually, um, I saw an article online, like metro.co.uk published this like really long thread about combating burnout. And it made me real mad because they're like, oh, it's just it's called silently quitting. And it was actually about just having like a really good work life balance. And they're like, yeah, you're just silently quitting. And it's because you just decide to, you know, not answer emails when you're not at work and to just like not answer your phone when you're not at like during work hours, you know, doing actual things and not going above and beyond over what you're paid for. And I'm like, yeah, so you're not doing like the bare minimum, but you're not like, you know, you're doing what you're paid for, what's in your job description, you know, what you should be doing. Yeah. You know, you're doing what you are being valued for. Right. And it's like, oh, well, you might be you might be like passed over for promotions and people might not look favorably upon you because you're not, you know, killing yourself for that promotion. I'm like, who the fuck wrote this? Right. Like what asinine piece of human debris wrote this article because I want to find them and burn down their house. (laughs) I'm like, this person has no concept of like the value of human existence because I don't want to answer my fucking email when I'm not working. Like I want to be at home playing Ozu. And playing Destiny with my friends. I don't want to be working on a Saturday at 4 p.m. And the community managers don't want to be doing that either. They want to be playing Mass Effect or Mm -hmm. Destiny or, you know, enjoying sleeping in. 
right and not catering to the whiny bitches of the destiny community do you think they want to be answering our bullshit online no so i can't imagine what they go through when we just yell at them day in day out you know, and expect us to answer them at two in the morning. Well, that's and, awful. And, and I don't know if you've noticed, but the transparency from Bungie has—it's gone. Yeah, like it's disappeared quite a lot. It's dried up like an old lady's hooch. Because of how the community has been reacting to everything lately. Absolutely, because it's just like you know, you've got that one person who threatened one of the community managers. Mm-hmm. And then you've got every little thing that's just setting off the community. And it's just, at this point, I can't blame them for the loss of transparency because we've done this to ourselves. Yeah, I was told a story. Um, Rez used to work for a really small game company. And like there used to be users for like the MMO that he worked for that they would try to get banned and then see how many bans they could get. And it was like a competition amongst themselves because people are stupid. What the hell? Yeah, no, people just do this. And it's like people on Twitter probably do the same thing. And the guy who got banned, the one that was in the newest suit from Bungie, the one that did like the serious threatening right had the same kind of thing on his twitter account it's like i got banned this many times because in the suit it had like multiple ban evasions and it's like how many times can i get banned it becomes a game to them it's that mentality and so it's like if you know that they are doing active things to avoid you know burnout avoid getting harassed and they're saying like we do not want to be harassed on the weekend you know there's going to be somebody who's like some fucking chad like they're they're going to come in and do the opposite and they're going to you know push those buttons now that they know those buttons don't want to be pushed yep it's that little kid that sits in the back seat of the car saying like well i'm not actually pushing those buttons like i'm not actually touching him mom i'm not actually touching him you know, they're just like hovering around you, like doing the annoying ass thing, and they're gonna get punched in the face. Dude, I warned you, I said I was gonna do that if you did that again. So, yep. like, God, that's, I feel that's like what the Destiny community has become. Pretty much. And uh, that's how it's it just feels become worse and worse and worse. Like that's what it feels like lately. I'm I am just thankful that our community isn't anywhere near that. Yeah, I'm glad that we're not like that. <laughs> like our little lore hub community is not trash. And the Guardians of Lore, I'm glad that we've not hopefully um attracted those kinds of people. Like the worst things that that we have going on is like, oh hey, we're weird. Somebody posted this weird shit. We're weirdly horny at times, but I my god, that's. I just think that's normal. I don't know, kids these days. <laughs> anyway, um, getting back on track. 
Yeah. Um, so yeah, people are big angry. Uh, I think it's a good idea for them to do it on Friday. Yeah. Honestly. Yep. Um, preventing burnout. Great idea. I took the day off because I need to prevent my own burnout and have a four day like work week. That's great for me. Well, and, and like if there's going to be an issue with the actual rate itself, that's when you're going to have the most people on the back end to try and fix it. Oh, yeah. If everyone's working. Oh, heck yeah. So like you'll actually have quick turnaround, uh, assuming the, the problem is not severe or anything like yeah. you'll have a quicker turnaround there. Whereas on a Saturday, it's like you could have a quick turnaround, but it's it's up in the air. Yeah, I think it'll be good. I mean, it's a raid we've probably both done before. I think it's going to be King's Fall. Like looking at the lore of what they have going on right now and the assets that they have in game. But at the same time, like we both know that the lore has diddly shit to do with what raid that they release. So I'm although like they did release a Vex raid during a Vex season. So like they did it. it they they tangentially kept it similar, like kind of. It had no bearing on the season. Like, there was nothing tying, you know, why we have the vault. But True. So, like, if we end up having a fallen season, I could see them doing Wrath of the Machine. Like, I'm personally yeah. hoping for Wrath of the Machine. Yeah. Um, I would love to see Wrath of the Machine come back. Like, the Cosmodrome needs more love. I, I have a feeling it's going to be King's Fall, though. I have a feeling it's going to be King's Fall, too. Just... Because of all of the hive shit we've been doing lately and the story and where it's going. Because um, because of the hive stuff we, we've we been doing. The fact that we can just create it in its own little bubble. Yeah. Like, I have a feeling it's going to be King's Fall. I do too. Um, yeah. So uh, I'm looking forward to that. Three people the minute the TWAB came out requested the 26th off at work. <laughs> uh with my boss and she's like what's happening on the 26th and i'm like i have seniority <laughs> <laughs> my friend jason's like it's not a destiny thing <laughs> <laughs> he's in engineering and i'm like Shh. <laughs> you're not supposed to tell her <laughs> dumb fuck oh that is great that yeah, is great it's very funny he pretends he doesn't know who I am, but he used to listen to Focus Fire Chat. Mm. <laughs> and then, like, he's like, it's like, you're Orchid. I'm like, I'm not. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> he's like, yes, you are. And I'm like, nope. <laughs> and then he watched the lore panel. And he's like, yes, you are. And I'm like, <laughs> nope. <laughs> he's like, right. Cool. Of course you're not wink wink he's like yeah he's like i've never heard of you ever Finger <laughs> like cool okay bye it, it's all right i'm waiting for that day where my boss comes up to me and he's like so elemist and i'm just gonna be like oh okay we're having that chat <laughs> yeah no he's the only one that knows my, my true identity <laughs> we don't talk about it ever I mean, like my I have a couple friends at work that I used to like play trials with like long before I ever did podcasting or anything like that. And so they're like, oh, cool. Yeah, you do podcasts. We don't give a shit. 
<laughs> That's right. fine. They don't care. But it's different, like, with someone who's like, oh, yeah, I, I stumbled upon this thing that you do. I'm like, while I cough myself to death and laugh. Uh-huh. What have you been playing this week, Elvist? <laughs> um, I'm wrapping up uh, my normal living decks for all Pokemon forms. Uh, I just got gender differences taken care of. And uh, like now it's it's a few small odds and ends. And then I started playing Digimon Survive. So What's the difference between a Digimon and a Pokemon? They both have Mon in the title. I'm assuming it's the same. Uh, Pokemon are pocket monsters. Digimon are digital monsters. They both live in your Mon. So. <laughs> so Digimon. Mm-hmm. It, Pokemon, it's like catch them all. Uh-huh. Catch as many as you want. Right. Digimon, it's like you have that one partner, mm-hmm. and you help that partner become stronger. Okay. The actual game itself, like, it's a visual novel with tactical RPG aspects. Interesting. Is it like a dating sim with your monster? Or like, because you said visual novel, and all the visual <laughs> novels I've played are like hentai dating novels. <laughs> So like that says more about the person than the games. Um <laughs> that's what I've That's <laughs> like more... um, I'm a high performance athlete. Athlete sweat. Sweat baby. Sweat sweat. So I like I've I've only gotten through the prologue so far and I'm like a little bit into chapter 1, but so far it feels like a horror story. What? I, I know, like, it's, it is weird, but it's, like, I am hooked. Okay. Interesting. Updates will come later. Like, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to this. All right. A uh, horror digital v- virtual novel. Uh, a horror visual novel with tactical RPG aspects. Okay. And there's dating in it, I'm assuming. <laughs> no. Uh, then why would I want to play it? <laughs> I'm being honest here. I don't want to play it. What about you? <laughs> what have you been playing? Uh Final Fantasy 14. And where's the dating in that? And Power Wash Simulator. Where's the dating in that? You can get married in that game. Okay, but like, what about Power Wash Simulator? Like, where's the dating in that? You know what? I'm married to my job in that. I love my job. It's very calming. I picked an outfit. There's fashion in that game. (laughs) I have a purple and pink outfit. And you can pick different power washing implements and soaps. And you can you can suds things. 
you can clean them. It's very, <laughs> um, it's very satisfying. I really like this game. <laughs> oh my god, I put so many hours into Power Wash Simulator. It's so good. I I was and it's it was gifted to me for my birthday. Oh my god, I haven't played it yet. It's so good. It's currently on Xbox Game Pass as of today, but um, I got it on Steam. Yeah. For over the summer sale. But it's like I have played so much of it. It's so good. <laughs> I love this game so much. Holy shit. It's so relaxing. <laughs> You can be like as chaotic or as methodical as you want. Oh god. I mean that makes sense. I mean like I was watching when I was watching my friend Yule play it and Yule does like these really straight lines and is very neat and tidy about cleaning everything and here I am just like spraying down whatever I want and there's just like <laughs> chaos lines everywhere and like <laughs> <laughs> but then at the end i'm like shit like there's it says like 98 percent clean and i don't know what's clean and what's dirty still because <laughs> there's just like tiny specks of dirt everywhere and you're like fuck <laughs> it's it's not the, it's it's not the two percent you know in a specific place it's all over it's two percent all over that you still have to clean yeah it's <laughs> it's a great game like it's it's very relaxing. And of course, Osu. I'm going to perpetually be a six digit. I'm like never going to be a five digit. Your Osu is like my Pokemon. It's oh just, my God. it's a staple of our lives. It's so relaxing and so good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've gotten much better. I've been trying to like teach myself how to stream or worm, depending on who you're talking to. Um, where you play a lot of notes like consecutively in a row. It looks like. It looks like a stream. Well, they call it streaming. It's just, it looks like a big chain of notes. And um, you can get it up to like 240 beats per minute, 280 beats per minute. Jeez. You just go like very fast. And so I've been trying to like teach myself how to do that. And so it just takes a lot of practice. Well, yeah. I'm getting better at it. It's just like getting the timing down. Gotcha. And like figuring out songs. So there's like a couple of songs I've been trying to S. And they're like kind of like the big classics. Okay. And so I'm just trying to like get through those. I can see like the improvement because I'm getting like higher and higher on on songs. Like I'm getting to five star songs and like I would not have even thought to play certain levels of songs six months ago that I'm just like downloading and playing now. So I see improvement. From like even a year ago, I wouldn't have even touched them. Well, that's good. So getting there, getting there in like a whole nother <laughs> year. I'll be like, yeah, stuff and star like totally like one one plated, you know, SS, no, no look, blah, blah, you know, whatever. <laughs> I'll be I'll say a bunch of words that mean nothing. So, yeah. Or I'll break all my fingers trying to play it and give myself a really bad carpal tunnel. One of those two things. <laughs> that's possible and i'm sitting here going why not both i know right right yeah <laughs> also we watched the hungarian uh grand prix with with rendell and people that was fun okay car stuff yeah max verstappen went from like p10 and then he won 
It was crazy. It was good. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. Yeah. He's our boy. Yeah. Our boy won. It was great. Ferrari still don't know what they're doing. Very funny. Anyway, Lore Network ad? Yeah. Lore Network ad. Cool. The Lore Network. Have you ever wished that someone could just read you the lore? Destiny Lore Audiophile may be just the podcast you've been looking for. Join us as we bring the stories of Destiny to life, with straight readings of your favorite lore, with no analysis or commentary, or as we breathe life into these tales with acting, sound effects, and music. Currently, you can find Destiny Lore Audiophile on Podbean, Spotify, and iTunes, at Destiny Lore Audiophile. Audiophile is spelled with a PH instead of an F. You can find both readings and radio dramatizations of selected lore books and web lores by talented voice actors from the Destiny community. Episode releases will be announced from our Twitter pages, at HeyIt'sOrchid and at RendellZivas, so be sure to follow and subscribe so you don't miss a single performance. See you there. How was that ad? Spicy. I was going to say sensual, but spicy is good. It can be spicy and sensual. Brief intro to the topic. This lore book was obtained by retrieving the various collectible moths around Sabathun's throne world. This book is the hive ghost equivalent of ghost stories from Forsaken, which for us was episodes three, four, and five. And didn't so early. Didn't DLA just release a new episode? We did. We just released our second one on Saturday. So that would have been the 30th of July. Our third <laughs> one is going to be released in a couple of weeks. So that'll be like August 10th-ish. So we're trying to space them out a little bit because we're still finishing the third one. We're just doing final checks on it. It's been done. It's just like we're just finishing it up. Gotcha. But yeah, so we're going to release it kind of in the beginning, middle of, of August. I'll, but, I'll admit, yeah, so I haven't listened yet um, because... It's very good. It's been a busy weekend, but I saw that there was yeah. commun or Ghost Community Theater on that one, so I am going to enjoy listening to that. Ghost Community Theater is very good. Uh, Kitty of Nine did Dee Dee, and she did such a good job. <laughs> such a good job she's um she's one of my friends i love her so much she did such an excellent job everyone did such a good job oh my gosh yeah congrats to everybody yeah all their time and effort into it oh my gosh ghost stories is so fantastic so good um but so for lucent tales <laughs> for the first half of the book go back and listen to episode 150 yay 150 do you want to get us kicked off which Pokemon is that? Was that Mew? No, that's Mewtwo. Oh. What's 151? I forgot. We're in the Mew episode. Are we? Ugh. <laughs> Wait, so Mewtwo is 150, but Mew is 151? Yeah. What? <laughs> what? Hold on. Hold. What? Because, Why? Because Mewtwo was man-made, whereas Mew was a complete myth. <laughs> Wait, so the myth 
What? That that makes no sense. (laughs) If you want. I don't want Mew 2 to be first before Mew. That that makes no sense. Pokemon, what are you doing? If you watch the first movie. Oh, my God. It makes sense. Because, like, when they were creating Mewtwo, they took some, some, what they thought was DNA from Mew, and they used that to clone it. Oh, my God. So, like, the first confirmed sighting of a Pokemon was Mewtwo 150. Oh, my God. And then they actually saw Mew 151. (sighs) Oh, my God. Petition to change their numbers so they (laughs) are in order. I hate this. Backwards. (laughs) Fuck. It's been that way for years. Petition to yell at (laughs) Nintendo. Oh, my God. I'm going to have to watch this movie now, aren't I? Fucking Nintendo. It's on Netflix. Is it? Oh, I'm going to have to watch it. I'm going to have to watch Netflix now. Toki's going to have to stop <laughs> knocking shit off my desk. Toki, little sassy butt off my desk. Okay, I'm going to read this thing now before yep. he gets all Get us kicked off. hot and sassy. This is Finch 2. I read Finch 1 last week. This is Finch 2. All right. Finch 2. Oh, no, no, no. Why, of all things, did you make me do this? The hives certainly weren't perfect. Actually, let's not mince words. They were straight up evil. But you? I gave you a part of me. I let you make me worse just so I could make you better. You were supposed to understand. You were the only one who ever could. Why wouldn't you? Yeah, so really, you know, this is your fault, not mine. I know. I know you don't want to be dead. I know that. You think I don't know that? I watched you shoot a guardian and her ghost dead. All because I could hear you in the back of my mind needing me to bring you back. And I listened. I listened to the others, then to you. To everyone except myself. I didn't expect miracles, but I expected something. Yes. You're dead now. And I can hear you, but I can't. Don't you get it? I just can't. I'm not going to be the trigger man anymore. I'm not going to sacrifice humanity on your personal altar. You're not... You're not worth it. You're not worthy. And you never were, were you? Why does Savathun have the light? I should have asked why a long time ago. None of us did at the time, but I should have. We both know this wasn't right. Look, I've got no faith left in the Traveler, but I know it. It wouldn't give me a monster and say, make him a god. No, no, we both know this wasn't right. Was it pity? Optimism? Maybe... Maybe it's just the obvious. I mean, I don't accept gifts. They take. Maybe the Traveler was tricked. The end of some long con. 
The Traveler isn't just some dumb orb ripe for grifting. Gaul found that out the hard way. There's gotta be more to it. I have to dig deeper. And if joining you damned me, well, hell sounds like a good place to start. I'll find out how she did it. And I don't care how much you try to change my mind. You're staying dead. You hear me? You made me a monster, remember? You don't get to cry about it when I act like one. The implications there. Ghosts can hear their their chosen one when they're dead. Jesus. Oh, boy. So Think like- of, like, the screaming that... Think of the Guardian that is perpetually on the ship. Oh, God. Right? Forever. Right? Like, and the ghost can hear it and can't res it. God. But it's, like, stuck in that, like, scream. So it can, like, constantly hear that scream forever. That just makes certain entries that much more heartbreaking for ghosts so because of this it makes me wonder that maybe ghosts cannot res another guardian unless you like choose to let them go well because i don't know now because if you can hear them when they're dead it's still more of a uh link like it's a mental link between the ghost and the light bearer right Mm -hmm. when they give up their light bearer they're severing that link so they can't right i I suspect that they can't hear them anymore but like that makes me wonder why finch is leaving that relationship the way it is maybe it's to stay in the throne world either it's to stay in the throne world or to make sure that nobody else can revive him revive the the knight or or it's to i mean yeah or maybe he's worried that because he rezzed uh a hive and he looks like a hive ghost that someone will kill him immediately and not listen to him that's fair and so he'll be killed immediately that is fair or he'll be put in some sort of stasis chamber and you know, be tortured because I mean, we know how we treat ghosts. Yep. I don't, I wouldn't trust that. I wouldn't either. And you saw, you saw how we treated scions. We put them in fucking torture chambers, like in the helm. Like <laughs> the scion one was, was their own choice. Eh, at the same time, not cool. Not a great look. Yeah, I'll give you that. I mean, also, I do, would you trust... What's the name of that guardian, the crazy one? Who loves to, like, do shit with the darkness and go after it and, like, kill all darkness things? Oh, um, Shin Malfer. Anor. No, Anor. Oh, Anor. Gotcha. Yeah. Like, would you trust her to do anything? Like anywhere near God, this no. ghost, 
No, she's fucking bonkers. Like, she like ran a train like into a building. Right? Like on like going after darkness shits. Like, Nora is crazy. Going after people who were like, hey, dredgeons. Yeah, yeah, no. And yeah, Anor is straight up crazy. And I I feel like a lot of them are like that. Yeah. So I can't trust any of that shit, you know? Well, and, and that's the thing, like it's it's the Praxic Order was something that was founded to protect the citizens and the Vanguard from dark artifacts and dark everything and if they're diving up off the deep end like that like it it starts calling into question if the good guys act that way (laughs) then who's really the good guy i think that's the point it is like who's really the good guy it is because i mean the practic order is like the super police and like at this part like at this point in the destiny universe i'm like a cab so (laughs) yeah like i don't i don't fucking trust that shit like don't trust them yeah like don't trust the praxic order definitely don't god no because they're like kill all ghosts and because there's finch and finch is like i have good information and for a little while, I'm like, don't trust Finch. Finch is sketchy. But after reading this, I'm like, oh, maybe trust Finch. Because Finch is nuanced. Because Destiny is all about nuance. God forbid Destiny not be nuanced in only gray areas. Yeah. Yeah. No, you, you've got a point. And I, I just. Yeah. Yeah. That's why last week I was like, it gets worse. <laughs> I feel so bad for him that he can hear in the back of his mind all the time. I, I don't know if it's because of like a psychic link or if it's because of proximity or what. That's why I wonder why he just hangs out above its body. Like it's just there all the time. It's like, hey guy, what up? Yeah, here's your body. Yeah, I'm well, not gonna res you. Well, Fuck like, you. Just like, like I'm I'm wondering. Can ghosts revive other light bearers when their ghost is is that close to them? Because like, if they can, that might be why Finch is there. Like he's specifically trying to stop any other hive ghosts from reviving his light bearer. He feels like his light bearer is such a monster that it's his duty to stop anybody else from reviving him. That's a good point. I don't know. I mean, I wish I knew more about that. And after hearing a lot of shit from like Amaru when we're on patrols and stuff, (laughs) Amaru is really funny. Neon nerd. Oh my God. I love neon nerd. I wish that was a title (laughs) we could have. Neon nerd's my favorite title ever. It was a missed opportunity. Call me neon nerd all day, every day. It was a missed opportunity. It really was. But like I would not want to wish that on anybody. But it opens up implications for our ghosts too that they can hear us when we die. 
I wonder if it's just a hive ghost thing. You think it's a our ghost thing too? That they can hear us? I I well, because because you got to remember, hive ghosts were tower ghosts, right? Which is why I'm asking because they're they're us, but so I think it is an actual thing for for our ghosts as well. But I don't know if it's like a special hive magic mixed in with a with them being, you know. There's there's plenty that could play into it. Like it could be because of hive magic. It could be because they're in a throne world. Right. Like there's there's plenty of things that could be playing into it. Yeah. I just think it's kind of cool. But at the very least, we know that hive ghosts can hear their light bearers. At the very least. I just I have a lot more compassion for um for Finch for now Finch. than I did um, when I played the the campaign and after interacting with him for so long. Same. After reading these. Like I, the first couple weeks, I was like, this guy is suspicious as hell. Well, he has the same kind of personality as Cade does. He reminds me a lot of Cade. Yeah. He has the same kind of like outlaw pew pew like rogue he has the rogue type like the star wars rogue personality <laughs> but like and to use star wars as the analogy like mm -hmm. he has that roguelike personality but he came in wielding a red lightsaber you know it, <laughs> it's one of those things where it's like you look suspicious as fuck you know do do you go along with it or do you do you go in cautiously or so it's just I, I for the first couple of weeks I was very cautious about trusting him and then I read these and I'm like oh oh okay okay you're good yeah definitely anyway do you want to read the next one yeah sure cool and this entry is Spectre type Personal Investigative Report Parties 1. Ghost Type Designate Spectre Associations Light Lucent Hive Transcript Follows Post Illumination Day 017 10.23 Arrived on scene Victim is a thrall No identity Cause of death Fractured neck due to blunt force trauma. Traces of light detected. Nebenki interviewed the primary suspect. Hive preferred talking to their own and don't respond to things. Even things that bring them back from the dead. Overheard confession. Suspect is Knight identified as Uruxalin. Victim's commander. Reported that when his ghost detected light within victim, Uruk Thulin executed him for theft. Open and shut case. PLD 018 1344. Three more deaths fitting same pattern. Internal artifacts of light. Victims summarily executed. 
but circumstances raise more questions. Thralls don't partner with ghosts. Should be unable to receive or carry light. Nebenki tasked to investigate. Suspects an organized smuggling ring. Potential human or fallen infiltration. PLD 018. 1457. Encountered suspect thrall. No identification. Classified POI 7. Tests confirm traces of light. Nebenki applied standard hive interrogation techniques. Extracted confession after extended session. POI 7 admitted to, quote, stealing, unquote, light, keeping it in urns. Also implicated a superior acolyte. Doesn't add up. PLD 018 1912 Requested time alone with suspect to establish rapport. Nebenki hesitant. Doesn't like being spoken to unbidden, but acquiesces. POI-7 admitted to giving false confession to end, quote, visceral, unquote, hive interrogation. Claimed complete ignorance to the light's origins in his system. When asked about unusual activity, reported that his symbiote feels sated without need for bloodshed or tithing. PLD 018 1933 Consulted Nebenki for context regarding tithing. Apparently, Hive functioned on a system of energetic kickbacks. Paid up the ladder, ending with Queen. Would have been useful to know earlier. Suspect this network may be impacted by introduction of light. Nebenki confirmed light exhibits a, quote, negative pressure, end quote, within the system, maybe pushing trace amounts back through it. Have submitted theory to our commander for further investigation. PLD 019-0630. Partner acknowledged me this morning. Established eye contact. Potential illness? PLD 019-0742. On my recommendation, POI-7 executed for perjury. Wow. Right? (laughs) So, um, they have their own cops, apparently. Yup. (laughs) It's just like... (laughs) I feel, I feel like between each one is like bum bum. <laughs> it's just law and order. PLD 018, 1912. Bum bum. Bum bum. <laughs> it's just... 1933. Bum bum. <laughs> law and order, lucent brood. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, Law and Order, Sabathun's bathwater, <laughs> bum bum. <laughs> oh, 
Like the the one thing I want to point out, mm. the hive act like their ghosts are inferior beings mm-hmm. to them. Yeah. To the point that like Nebenki actually like acknowledged his ghost and established eye contact and the ghost was like is he sick? Right. Like that's kind of fucked up. Mhm. Mhm. <laughs> so, I was looking while you were reading. I was looking at the Destiny PDM article for Lucent Brood because uh-huh. I was like, interesting. Like this has like a little bit of insight into how the Lucent Brood works. Okay. So, it does say that Light exerts a negative pressure on the tithe system, moving down the hierarchy of its own accord. So even thralls can be infused with traces of light. And the worms of such infused hive appear to be sated indefinitely and make no no further demands for bloodshed or violence. Well, because like the worms themselves, how many times in 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 the Hellmouth was it that you like? You turn a corner and you see four or five thrall just sucking at at the floor because they're sucking the light from something. Yep. Because they're like, whatever. So, like, if light is just perpetually in their system, they don't have to eat the light because they produce it. Yep. So, um, one affected thrall claimed the presence of light within non-light rares was initially mistaken for theft, as we just read. Whether or not Lightbearer Hives still have their worms has not been stated. Despite the key role ghosts play in the strength for the Lucent Brood, they generally would receive little respect. Blah, blah, blah. So, choo-choo-choo-choo-choo. That's pretty much it. But I mean, like, they don't need to kill anymore once they have it. They don't need to. Yeah, because they're not hungry anymore. And we know that like the main. But they kill anyway. They kill anyway because it's fun. And that's the difference. And that's I think that's what I've been so hung up on, like for the entirety of Witch Queen. (laughs) Is that like the hive? Like I always thought like they killed because it was like, like a driven need of theirs because they've always had to fulfill that like. It's the hunger. It's that, yeah, they've always had to fulfill that hunger for blood because they've had to. But once they have that blood sated, they are still killing. And I think like that was a disconnect for me of like, why are they still doing it then if they don't have to? And it's like, oh, because it's fun. Yeah. That's why. They like doing it. They don't have to anymore. <laughs> it, they just like doing it. It's funsies. A super fun time, extra deluxe fun time. Yeah, I get it now. They need to die. <laughs> I get it. I got guys. It took me months to get here, but I got it. I got it now. Better late than never. Work is going to go on her murder street. I, I, I got it. It's murder spree time. I got it. I'm on board. Just took me months. I'm here now. Well, and, and I mean... To to go one step further, I mean that that's why you also go after the, their ghost because otherwise they're just going to re- like they're enabling it. Yeah, I get it now. 
And before I was like, no, they're ghosts. Can maybe they can be turned? Nope. I get it now. Fuck that. I get it. <laughs> I get it. I'm I'm on board. I get it. I get it. I was really upset about it at first because I'm like, no, they're ghosts are just like our ghosts. I get it. We don't want to kill. Nope. I get it. I get it. <laughs> this you showed me the light. <laughs> Capital L light. Capital L light. You showed me the light. I get it. Uh, um, but yeah, I didn't know they had the I had they had bump up police like. <laughs> and like very organized, apparently. Yeah. The A cab. Fuck. Kneecap all these guys, too. And and to the point that like Jesus, that that's quick. That is a quick turnaround. I mean, it all starts at post illumination day, which is PLD mm-hmm. uh, seventeen. So like seventeen days after all the hive ghosts started coming. Yep. So it took them seven, like less than seventeen days, to create a police force. Not just that, but like partner acknowledged me this morning, established eye contact, potential illness. Like partner looked at me, made eye contact. Is he sick? <laughs> An hour later, on my recommendation, gotta kill him. Like Right. Well, not not the partner. Not the partner. Okay. No, no, no. So I was gonna be like, if I can kill my partner for looking at me, I'm gonna do it. I mean <laughs> anyone that makes eye no. contact with me. Put them to death. <laughs> like, oh, God. <laughs> you um, may not make eye contact with me today. No. <laughs> no, it's... Very ugly. <laughs> no, it was a POI-7. That's uh, the thrall, right? Um, who was the one who was being interrogated. Uh, yes. Encountered suspect thrall. No identification. Classified POI-7. Person of interest seven. Yep. Um, so essentially, he's uh, that thrall is the one who uh, was interrogated by Nebenki and then confessed because of the interrogation, but then come to find out didn't actually do it. So that's why he's being executed because he lied. You know, it, it's perjury. He he falsely confessed. And apparently that's punishable by death to the hive. I mean, okay, cool. Good job, hive. I mean, dictatorship. (laughs) Yeah. They're very intense. But essentially, this investigation took all of maybe 39 hours, 40 hours. Because it started on day 17, 10.23 a.m. And it went all the way to day 19, 7.42 a.m. So almost two full days. Do they sleep? I don't know. Do hives sleep? Do they have apartments? Do they have wives? Do they, like, go to bars and be like, oh, man, like... Like, it's like, something's <laughs> really busting my balls today. <laughs> like, one, 
one acolyte's like, yeah, I had to execute this thrall today. What about you? Uh, oh, yeah, I killed this guardian. I had, Oh, man, I had, I'm going to be seeing that for a while. Man, it's really just <laughs> fucking splattered that against the wall man i'm just gonna be seeing gonna be seeing bread for a while it's just really really hurt me <laughs> deep inside i gotta go see the the thrall therapist thrallathist <laughs> the, the thrallopist thrallopist god damn it thrallopist thrall therapist is just like me 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 i don't think they talk like no, I no, think no, they just no. meep no 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 <laughs> the, the head thrall is the one that savathun was telling her plan to in uh truth to power oh, the, the, the the physics plan <laughs> the one where he's like whoa 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 slow down <laughs> the one that just is making the hand gesture and doesn't understand yes, yes. but is now the therapist for all of all of the everybody <laughs> everywhere because he just has all the knowledge. <laughs> oh god! <laughs> what kind of world have we created here? <laughs> I don't know, but this sounds like a sitcom. <laughs> I'm gonna read about Imaru. Imaru. Yes, please. Imaru. Okay, I'm gonna read this next one. Imaru. Imaru. All right. Yeah. Okay. Here's the next one. Imaru. The light of the wellspring spilled out below them. From the palace tower, Imaru watched the churn where it met the darkness, new waves eroding an ancient shore. The flash of muzzle fire was visible from this perch, even if the combatants weren't. He huffed and shuddered trying to remember how to speak as he watched the Guardian's unprovoked assault into their ascendant plane. No better than scorn, he growled. Sabathun turned from the honey-sweet music only she could hear and stroked her ghost. Ah, child, loyal as you are, you still only see their actions, not the chains that drag them to inevitability. Just as Hive must test, humans must control. And, failing that, attack. You must not take it personally. Attacking the unknown is their nature. We ghosts ain't unknown. Amaru pulled free of her affections. We lived with them, saved them. Now they're ripping through us. Damn ungrateful, if you ask me. Surely you don't believe they're punishing you for disobedience. Aren't they? His voice was dark and hard, and he paused to recenter. Everyone, fallen, vex, even Hive, every last one of them knows you don't shoot the medic. But nobody told these jokers, apparently. Your anger is understandable. The Witch Queen pulled Amaro to her embrace once more, and slowly his shivers of rage calmed. Humans fear death, and you were suckled on their teeth. But the Hive know death is the unseen sister. It is she who welcomes you home to rest, and who allows you to egress when you prove able to take it. Amaru stared out in silence at the distant flashes of battle, Sister or not, it's time we push back. We got anything like they got? Ghost killer? 
The Hive uncovered such weapons long ago, but may have found them distasteful. I suppose we could recover the magics, but surely you and your fellows would see such tactics as an abomination. Amaru turned back to face the flashes of rifle fire on the distant shore. Not anymore. Ooh. Amaru's just pissed. Amaru's so fucking weird. <laughs> well, like, Amaru... I can understand where he's coming from because, mm -hmm. like I said earlier, hive ghosts were tower ghosts. You know, he specifically calls it out. We ghosts ain't unknown. We lived with them, saved them. Now they're ripping through us. Damn ungrateful, if you ask me. So, like, he's calling out the fact that they were ghosts of humanity and they their chosen one was a hive and they, they turned to the hive. I think it's um, a little bit alarming that the hive uncovered such weapons long ago, but may have found them distasteful. I suppose we could recover the magics, but surely you and your fellows would see such tactics as an abomination. And he's like, nah, nah, fam. The Guardians are doing it. Let's totally just do that. Let's back that up a moment. The Hive uncovered such weapons long ago, but may have found them distasteful. Meaning, the Hive actually have standards? I'm confused. Like, even the Hive wouldn't go for the medics? Yeah. <laughs> I'm confused about that. <laughs> like why not I, I just right like it, it boils down to that whole idea of like if you don't stop the medic that soldier is going to just keep coming back until it overpowers you right at that point it becomes survival you know fight or flight survival of the, the fittest you you either end them or they end you I don't see it as that complex of a thing but anyway um yeah like it's 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 weird that the hive actually finds some of their magic distasteful i'm really surprised they have standards but we've known that they've had standards because oryx is forbidden necromancy right so i mean they do have standards but, like, there's a difference between necromancy and... Ghost killing? Killing a ghost. I mean... Yeah. I guess, but, I mean, it's still a vague standard. It's just, it's... For me, it's just, it's evidence of them having a standard at all. And, and that's fair. Yeah, I mean, like, I know that and they have standards and religion and whatever so i mean if usually if you have a religion you have some set of rigid standards anyway that's, that's fair you're practicing a religion and so even if we don't agree with their fucking bonkers religion even sword though, logic shit yeah <laughs> and that's what they've decided that they adhere to and and that is fair yeah um it was just 
seeing that, I'm sitting here going, wait. The Hive find them distasteful? Like, what? <laughs> the other thing of note is that Sabathun is just, like, completely calm about this. I think she's calm because of the line, Humans fear death and you were suckled on their teat, but the Hive know death as the unseen sister. It is she who welcomes you home to rest and who allows you egress when you prove able to take it. Yeah. And actually, that line, th th there's something I want to yeah. talk about later on about that line. Okay. But go for it. No, no, I just... um. Like, it's her saying, like, you know, we look at death differently. We don't, we, we're not afraid of it. Like. Yeah. Where you look at death in this one direction, we turn it upside down and look at it like this. Like, we're not afraid of it. You shouldn't be afraid of it either. That is fair. What were you going to say about it? Now, the thing that I noticed here. But the Hive know death as the Unseen Sister. Unseen Sister is capitalized. Mm -hmm. We know that there's some kind of entity from the uh, the Lunar Pyramid. We just don't know specifically. But I'm wondering if this is actually a... Like, it's talking about death, but I'm wondering if the Disciple from the Lunar Pyramid is kind of like the embodiment of it. Kind of like how Rolk would be the embodiment of Wrath. Oh, that's a good point. And then, like, we've got Callus who's becoming a disciple. Gluttony. I wonder if they're going down the road of the seven deadly sins and possibly, you know, because of the unseen sister, the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. Interesting. It was just, it, it was a thought that occurred to me because I was like, why is that ca capitalized? Like, although, mind you, like, it's Sabathun talking. So, like, there is her bias playing into it. Mm -hmm. You know, there's there's her religious takes on it. We don't know specifically when this is actually taking place, whether it's before or after she has gotten her memories back. Right. I suspect that it's after because she knows about like how the hive view death. I mean either way. Like it it's not really important. Yeah. And it was just it, I saw it and I was like that's kind of odd. What if? Anyway, this next one is called Harmonia, and Orchid's going to help me out with this one. Yay! Type. Spine Firebird AU.6.31309.1 B. Parties. Two ghost types. Designate Koro. Harmonia. Associations. Light. Unbounded. Ambient audio logs. Transcript follows. You are just being silly. No, I'm serious. Look at this Castileo. Wouldn't it be wonderful if it has kept its blossoms year-round? Rain or shine? 
You want to give the light to a plant. There's no rule book. Why can't I give the light to a plant or a pigeon? Oh, or maybe a dog. You want loyal? Get a dog. That's what the humans say. When you get like this. Look, I just think it's dumb that we're only supposed to give the light to humans. And awoken. I mean, are they even human? In exos. Come on, they're full on machines. All any of them ever do is fight over stuff they want. They want glimmer. They want glory. They want knowledge. Whatever it is, they climb all over each other trying to get it. I mean, look at what happened to Cade 6. He got the light, but then went rushing off alone, chasing fame or fun or whatever it was, and got himself and his ghost killed in the process. Ugh, fine. If that's the way you feel, go raise a houseplant instead then. Go bond with a geranium and sit on a windowsill all day. Nah, I think it'd be cooler to raise a hive. What? I mean, not really. It's just on my mind. You've been reading those ghastly books of sorrow everyone's been passing around, haven't you? A little. I just think humanity could learn a lot from them. It's cool how all the Hive have this one singular purpose they all work towards together, you know? Yes, one singular purpose of destroying the universe. No, outlasting the universe. And isn't that kind of what we're doing with our... Feed ends. Subjects beyond range. <laughs> Lol. <laughs> Go bond with a geranium. <laughs> I love it. She's dumb. <laughs> like the amount of sass that he gave. Like, I know. Rap. If these two ghosts aren't us, I don't even know what. <laughs> right. Right. This is why I wanted us to read the two. Of them. Although, like, I kind of feel like the roles are reversed. <laughs> You're more sassy, and I'm I'm the one who's just kind of like sitting there, like, oh, hey, you know, wouldn't this be cool? <laughs> so good. <laughs> this is actually. I mean, Harmonia does have a point. There's no rule book. Wouldn't it no, be cool no, if a not. dog had a ghost? See, now I'm just thinking of Cosmo from, like, the, the dog Cosmo from the Marvel Universe. Who's that? There is a dog who was sent into space and received, like, psychic powers because of a a solar flare or something. I, I I'm not too versed on the history of this character. All I know is it's an actual dog in, like, an astronaut suit who has psychic powers. That's really cute. I'll have to, like, like, look that up. That looks amazing. They did a cameo kind of Easter egg mm-hmm. uh, for the character in um, Guardians of the Galaxy. I don't remember if it was the first one or second. I think it was the first one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cosmo the Space Dog is a fictional character appearing in American comic books published by Marvel Comics. Cosmo, a telepathic Soviet dog, is the security chief of the space station Nowhere and a member of the Guardians of the Galaxy. Cool. 
It sounds awesome. <laughs> Neat. Like, that's all I'm he- hearing when I, I hear this. Like, that's that's what's coming to mind. That's so cute. Cosmo <laughs> the space dog. Oh. <laughs> um, that's really adorable. So, yeah. Dog guardians win. No. Yeah. They would be the guardians that, like, protect the last city. They would be. That sounds adorable. Oh. I kind of want to see a fanfic of that now, of just, like, one ghost who decided to res a dog. I mean, you know and what? The the chess pieces have been set in this one entry right here. <laughs> I don't know why Harmonia can't go and res a dog. <laughs> She sure sure seems like she wants to, but mm, oh man, she has a point. She does, she does. But she does have a point um, <laughs> that humanity could learn a lot from the hive. That they have a singular purpose that they all work towards together, and I think that's just yeah. like a little nudge towards the community that, like, we've kind of like lost that ideal. Like, when the Destiny community has something to work towards together, like, we're a force to be reckoned with, but... Right. Like, at the moment, we have nothing to work towards together. And and whether that's a weird puzzle in, in something that, like, just got introduced, like, Corridors of Time. I just wore that shirt the other day. Or if it's, you know, a charity, yeah. you know, stream thing, or... Mm-hmm. Like raising money for charity. Yeah. Like when the destiny community has things to do, that's, that's when we're at our best. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But when there isn't anything like that, that's when we get everything that we have right now. Yeah. Absolutely. It's kind of frustrating. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, when we have something to work towards together and we work towards that good purpose, we outlast the universe. Kind of. Yeah. You know, those Absolutely. good memories outlast the bad. Absolutely. Because I remember doing Corridors of Time. Yep. Good memories. With all like 18 or 20 codes that you had to put in and oh people found those. and. Oh, yeah. Oh. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Good times. Want me to read the last one? <laughs> yeah. Go All for right. it. All right. This is called Jinx. An electronic jingle intrudes on the silence deep below. A cheerful electric hymn in a cathedral of bone. Crawls peer in but quickly depart, their curiosity fleeting. Jinx has no time to teach them about music. She needs to concentrate. Her acolyte deserves to be perfect. She pauses her melodic chiming and gives the stray phalanges one last nudge into place. No ghost needs the entire corpse to bring their partner back. But this body, the body of her partner, was a sacred canvas. It deserved all the love and consideration as the painting itself. And with every nudged phalange, the anticipation grew more beautiful. 
The little ghost looks at the body, dangling and impaled, its core grotesquely punctuated against one of the gothic spires the hive so loved. She would have preferred to lay it prone, more ceremonial and appropriate for the sacred moment where life returns to dead flesh. Her guardian deserves perfection, but fate places many limitations on a tiny, handless orb, and Jenks had long ago learned to make the best of disagreeable circumstance. She scans the body once again. Everything is in its place. Pygmalion's got nothing on me, babe. She taps her shell flap against the hollow cheek in what she knows will become their shared gesture of affection. Jinx bobs back, and with only a moment's pause for butterflies and, well, she supposes not her stomach, but somewhere, her shell twists and splits into an orrery of wonder, bathing her acolyte in light. That lovingly placed finger moves first, twitching and clutching, with a horrific noise that lies somewhere between suction and screaming, the former corpse pulls herself free of the spike through her chest. You're alive! The acolyte lashes out ferociously with a twisted limb, knocking Jinx to the floor and condemning her with a gurgling shriek. Brittle claws scrape into the eroded grip of a battered shredder, and the acolyte presses it with her desperation into her own screaming maw. With a pull of the trigger, she falls limp, Again. Jinx stares down for some time, her gaze fixated on the painstakingly reconstructed finger, now limp against the weapon's trigger. She sags and raises her lens high with a huff. I can keep this up as long as you can. Metal shell flap affectionately taps the stump of a neck before Jinx begins again, her voice settling once more in a cheerful hum. Sooner or later, you will be my best friend. <laughs> I love this scene. Like, this poor ghost is like, I found my light bearer. And the light bearer is like, no, you haven't. <laughs> I'm dead now. Goodbye. Stalemate. Stop rezzing me. I'm dead. Oh, God. Oh, God. It reminds me of those times in, like, raids or, or nightfalls where, like, you're in a spot that just insta-kills you. And your teammate comes over and just rezzes you. Again and again and again and again and there again. There is a spot if you were doing... um. God, which, what is it? It was um, the one with the guy on the Tangled Shore. Which one is that? Uh, God, it's been a while. Um, the one that's so flashy, I can't do it. Hello, Dead Thing. Hello, Dead Thing. Yeah, okay. So when you're doing Hello, Dead Thing and you go into the beginning part, <laughs> um, on the very right-hand side, like, and you're in, like, the very first part with, like, all of the little walkways by where the fallen live, like, in that area, um, and where all of the, um, where all of the guys come out in the beginning. Hollow layer. Yes, thank you. Um, there's a part on the right-hand side that has an insta-kill spot. 
that if you just like walk into it, you die. Oh, my God. Yes. And Cranny found it. And we were doing the nightfall once. And so he kept rezzing me and I would instantly die. And so he did this for five minutes. (laughs) And he would just rez me and I would be immediately dead. It was on my stream. It was very funny. I might have been the one who showed him that. I think you did. <laughs> because he's like, hey, Orchid, come look at this. Come stand right here. And he just like pushed me into the spot. And I died. <laughs> and I was laughing very hard. <laughs> so, yeah. It. I love the fact that we're ending on a comical scene for for a ghost named after the 124th Pokemon. What? Jinx. Uh... <laughs> you pain me, Elmas. You pain me. At this point, like I'm doing it because it it brings you so much pain oh my god but no in all seriousness like i i I love the fact that we're ending on a a comical note just because like a lot of the discussion about this can get very heavy you know because it's it's hive and hive ghosts and you know do you consider that a moral thing to, to kill them or what Especially since hive ghosts were humanity ghosts. I mean, oh, that's a hard question. Right, right, and and that's that's why I'm thankful that we're ending on a a comical note because we just got a nice little laugh about a scene where uh. a light an acolyte's killing itself, and it's ghost is resing it so that it can kill itself so that it can res it again and it like it's an endless loop all because the ghost is like sooner or later you will be my best friend i feel like the invention of hive light bearers has weeded out the bad ghosts yeah so like the because we talked about in pigeon in the phoenix um that not a bunch of ghosts like they weren't all they didn't they didn't all come back like fully formed like some of them were like missing a few screws i think sagira said that (laughs) probably sounds like something she would say i think she did like i think she said that like they didn't all come back like fully okay or they weren't like made like with full personalities or they weren't like they it was something akin to that like someone will have to correct me it was that or constellations it was one of those two books it, i i know for a fact it was not constellations okay then it was probably pigeon the phoenix i i want to say it was after um sagira and osiris met the warlord in the forest when osiris actually murks him and then is like Go back to the traveler. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like make the decision to like not res your guy, just like yep. return to light. Yep, yep, yep. I found yeah. it. What's the line? The traveler was wounded when it created us. Mm-hmm. 
that pain echoes. Some of us make choices we shouldn't. Some of us are scared. Yeah. The process isn't streamlined. Flaws, Osiris shrinks against the forest's aphotic density. If there are flaws in the light, then it could be corrupted. It is not indomitable. And so in time would be challenged. We are pieces of a whole, but distinct, unique. You're not Mr. Perfect yourself. He would need to learn patience. Where will he go to reunite with the traveler to find someone new, someone better? So, yeah. So, yeah, I have a good A. I have a good memory for weird shit. B, <laughs> um, that's like a really formidable point in Destiny lore. I think that's really important for the story now because it shows that, yeah, ghosts are fucking broken. And yeah. if they they were all made uniquely, but probably hastily. And it's showing now that a lot of them were made really broken. And yeah, they can make their own decisions, but maybe just like humans, decisions are bad. So yep. it kind of, I think it actually weeded out a bunch of really bad ghosts and they went in to make the really bad decisions and they're doing bad things now. I still don't think that means we should kill them, but I think it means we should kill them. <laughs> so and and I, like, I agree to an extent like it's i'm not saying like go kill harmonia because she's like yeah maybe like resing a hive would be cool like i'm not saying like go do that like she's a, a couple shards of light like short of you know wanting to res a dog but and and the same with jinx like yeah i mean she's do she she is resting that acolyte because she wants a best friend. She's straight up broken. Like there's something fundamentally broken with that ghost. It's it's that that naive girl that like she's like we're gonna be best friends. Like oh my god. Like do you hear yourself? And everybody is telling her no. No, stop. <laughs> like someone needs to like put you in a box <laughs> and talk to you a while because you did something real bad. <laughs> like the hive don't want you. And it's probably because the hive is like, holy shit. What? <laughs> this is my ghost. Uh, <laughs> Oh my God. Yeah. Because it goes both ways. Yes. So, I mean, Imagine a bunch of really cheerful, fucking dumb ass ghosts coming in being like, la la la, and. And reviving a death cult member. Like. They're now in reviving a death cult. Yeah. Like, how does that trickle in and change that now? <laughs> well, yeah, they only murder a little bit. What? <laughs> I'm like serious question though. Like, how do you ghosts that have lived with us and have our values essentially, but then went to go res a hive for whatever reason because they felt called to it or they were bored or they read about it in a book, whatever they wanted to change? 150 of their friends, they said. I, I suspect for a good number of them that it's it's essentially just. We finally found our partner. We yeah. stick by our partner. Yeah, but how does that filter down and change the hive? 
because not like the hive are evil, but how does that like that connection goes both ways? So, yeah, the ghost feels that like evil coldness, but at the same time, like the hive is going to feel that like warmth from the ghost. Because I can't believe that every single ghost is evil. Right. I mean, we saw that with Finch. Or had like, yeah. With Finch, Jinx. I, I mean, we, we see that not all the hive ghosts are evil. Right. I think it's got to be more of like the light bearer has to be open to that that connection. And, and I hate using this analogy, but like it's like an abused dog. Mm-hmm. You know, it loves its owner to pieces, but the owner is just abusing it for the sake of abusing it. Right. So, like, at that point, the dog is still loyal to the owner, to its master. I I kind of see it like that. Unless the ghost has completely dove off the, the deep end and is like, no, just murk them all. I don't know. I'm... I, I hate to be like really extremist about it because like I feel like there are exceptions like Finch is an exception to this rule. But I mean, like you said, like you maybe murk them all like maybe that's what you got to do. Well, no. And, and and but that's that's the thing. Like it's up to each person to decide how they want, like how they view it. And and that was the whole point of Witch Queen was the fact of like we're thrust into this gray area situation and told figure out what's going on and then how do you feel about it? Yeah, it's just it's just so much. I don't know. Like I don't I personally don't like the idea of killing ghosts. I don't like it. Um, I still have problems with it, but after reading Finch 2. After reading Finch 2 and just like Finch's entries in general, I am probably going to have an easier <laughs> time doing it. After reading all of these, I will probably have an easier time doing it. Yeah. These are good. Some of the ones some of the ones who just went rabid because, you know, yeah. screw humanity. Mm-hmm. The way I looked at it is the ghost is enabling. Right. Like, sure. You kill their light bearer and then they res them and like they know what their their knight or acolyte is going to do. I mean, they talk to them in death. Right. So like I just I see it as an easier decision because mm-hmm. the ghosts are choosing to enable it. And it comes down to survival of the fittest. Like it's either going to be me or him. Right. Anywho. <laughs> well, um, yeah. Did you enjoy the book? I did. I thought it was really good. Um, I loved ghost stories when I first read it, and this was really, truly a hive ghost stories, and I'm really glad they wrote <laughs> it. I feel the same way. And especially, I don't know if it's especially because Rindle and I spent so long on doing ghost stories for destiny lore audio file that it kind of like brought all of that back because we had started on it i think before lucent tales came out that you guys started on it long before yeah witch queen 
that I'm really glad that we got that um, finished. But at the same time, like this came out and now I have like ideas of how I want to do it. And like <laughs> now I'm just like, oh, man, do we want to start like another huge project like this? And the answer is yes. It's yes, I do. It's not as huge as no, stores, it's though. not. It's definitely not as long or huge, but I'm um, <laughs> really glad they wrote it. Uh, it added a lot of flavor to the Destiny universe. Yeah. Which I feel like the lore books are now adding flavor and not like specificity like they used to. Yeah. Like you don't have to read the lore books like you used to. Right. You almost had to read the lore books before and now you don't. And like now it's just an enjoyment to read them. It's not like a necessity. It's like you have to play the game now to get the story, which is how it should be. And I appreciate that more. I think. But I really like this lore book a lot. I'm really glad they wrote it. I'm really <laughs> glad it's in this I'm really glad it's in the in in the Destiny universe. What about you? Oh, I I had fun with it. Like as soon as I read it, I was like, "This is, this is high as ghost stories. Like this is cool." Yeah. And and we get Finch's backstory in it as well, and so like I I had fun with it. I, I yeah, like it it's just it's that simple. I enjoyed it. It was fun to read. It is. It's fun. It's like pretty much all it boils down to. It's fun. And it gives like good information too. It gives good insight. Yeah. And stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any shout outs? Shout out to my girlfriend. Um, she uh, was over for the majority of the weekend and we just, we spent the majority of Saturday just lounging around the apartment. And today, Sunday, I, my, you know, my girlfriend and her daughter all went out to go do mini golfing and, you know, play in an arcade. And it like, we just, we had a blast. It, it was a really good weekend. But anyway. Okay. Here is um, my shout out. My shout out is to the, I have a podcast shout out. I've been listening to a podcast and so I'm going to shout the podcast out. It's, um, I know, right? Plug in a podcast. It's not even ours. <laughs> um, so Destiny Massive Breakdowns, which is friends of ours. Um, they have like a secondary podcast. They have a bunch of podcasts, guys. Like they have like three or four podcasts. They have a Star Wars podcast called Beneath Twin Suns. <laughs> and I've been listening to that podcast. Like I legitimately only listen to their podcast, like their actual main one, like once in a blue moon. But like their Star Wars one, I've been like absorbing like it's sunlight <laughs> i need it in my life i don't even really like star wars but i listen to this and then i've just been watching star wars stuff so apparently i like star wars now i didn't even know that like it just happened like one day i woke up and was like i'm going to watch star wars and then enjoy star wars and now listen to this podcast with these guys that do this other destiny thing that I don't really listen to, but I do kind of because I appreciate that they know a lot about guns and I know nothing about guns. And they are also <laughs> uh, friends with my partner. <laughs> and I'm like, ah, suddenly I'm now like 
absolutely like ears deep, neck deep in this really, really good podcast. So if you guys like Star Wars, listen to Star Wars Beneath Twin Suns, a massive breakdowns podcast. You can find them on Twitter at Beneath Twin Suns or your podcatcher of choice. It's really good. They do lots of reviews and go over like Rebels and like the Ben show and a bunch of stuff. And I really enjoy it. It's super good. It's relaxed and it's good. So that's my shout out. Awesome. Yeah, it's amazing. So go find that. Go find that on the interwebs. Now, all the Star Wars fans say it with me. One of us, one of oh, us. I didn't. <laughs> God, I've been like putting my heels in the floor for so long. You know, the first Star Wars I ever saw was uh, Phantom Menace. Oof. And I saw it opening night when I was in high school. I mean, Judge Jar Binks, it's like either you love him or hate him. And it's it, it's one end of the spectrum or the other. And there's. There's no in between. I like Jar Jar. I think he's cute. And and see, yeah. Like I like Jar Jar. I like the first movie. I thought it was good. But I've also sub- subscribed to the idea that he is a Sith Lord. Oh, I subscribe to the idea that like he was their simpleton, and they were trying to get rid of him. <laughs> They're like, yes, go do this for us <laughs> because we don't want you around. So we're gonna make you go do these things. <laughs> <laughs> that's how i watched the movie <laughs> because when i watched it i'm like why does no one else talk like him <laughs> i'm like do you have a speech impediment <laughs> <laughs> apparently yeah yeah he does i'm not gonna get into that okay <laughs> so this is the I- end of the podcast where we have special thanks yeah. <laughs> the audio for this episode was produced by Rindle Zevis. You can find him on Twitter at Rindle Zevis. The artwork for this episode is courtesy of Volshak B on Twitter. The music in this episode is copyrighted Bungie. We're able to use it under their fair use policy because they love their content creators. If you'd like to dive into the Destiny lore on your own, visit ishtar-collective.net. They are the resource we use to make our show notes. So thank you, Baxter. Thank you, Baxter. Uh, here's some reminders. You can find us on Twitter at guardians underscore lore. You can find me at Hey, it's orchid. You can find Alamist at I underscore am underscore Alamist. You can send us an email at guardians underscore lore at outlook.com. You can leave us a review wherever you can leave reviews. I don't even know where that is anymore. You can join our discord at discord.gg slash lorehub, or you can find there's a link in the description for this episode, I think. Um, if you'd like to support the podcast, you can visit ko-fi.com slash guardians underscore lore. Every little bit helps. So we could maybe give Rindle money so, you know, <laughs> he can feel good about himself. Maybe buy himself a pair of socks or whatever Rindle needs. I don't know. A crumb. Give him a crumb of cookie. But I don't know. I buy him like what, Bobo what? every once in a while. What I'm hearing is we need to buy him underwear and cookies. Underwear? What? Socks. Why are we buying him underwear? Socks. Socks are not underwear, bro. I'm generalizing it. (laughs) Where are you putting those socks? Where are you putting socks? 
that you think socks are underwear, we need to have a talk about where you're putting these socks after we're done recording. <laughs> Holy fuck. I'm going to end the podcast now. They're considered undergarments. Um. Okay. <laughs> are you tying it on or are you just... <laughs> Are you using tape? I mean, are you doing tape. it in a bow? <laughs> I'm just... Oh, if I was doing that, I'd need two of them. Uh, take care, everyone. Okay. Goodbye. Have a good. Have a good. Take have care. A... Bum bum bum. <laughs> Otters. Doing it again. <laughs> goodbye. <laughs>